0: G'day, 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 people, and welcome to the latest epi- epidemic, epidemic, it's not an epidemic, it's an episode, that's a different thing of The Finnovator with me, Stuart Bell. I'm a business coach, I work with financial experts to help them build businesses that better serve themselves and their clients. And today, I want to share with you a story, a podcast that I uh, came from an interview with a client that I worked with for many, many years, and damn, I had fun working with the writer. Zoraida Riffrin is the founder, uh, chief advisor, director of uh, ZA Wealth Creation, a Canberra-based firm who do things a little bit differently. Uh, To give you a bit of a sense how differently they do do it, when we tried to put a a name on it, the best way to describe this is deep strategic planning. But the story about why this matters has to do uh, with an awards ceremony. Uh, not too long ago maybe two years ago i was uh, grateful to be nominated along with two of the businesses that i worked with big shout out to infinity as well as Zarita uh, for some of the awards at the ifa excellence awards and there we were at the awards and bang sure enough the announcement for innovator of the year came and Zarita walks up there uh, and she'd been given the award due to the work she's done that she talks about in this, in this webinar, about the way she works with clients, about the, the way she goes deeper, and really the results she got. The real secret of this is the, is the case studies that she shared which enabled her to win the award. And the fact that she worked so closely with clients in the way that she did was what gave her the ability to put forward these incredible analysis of clients, the before and after. And I think that's the power of, of what you're going to hear from Zoraida. But there we are. The rest of the day is going pretty well. Uh, where the writer is very happy with herself with day and the night, I should say it was a night time thing. And the final award comes up, which is the overall winner. Everybody so far is up for grabs and sure enough, the so writer uh, got the award, walked up there and had this kind of, as this just happened, look in her face, but it was well deserved. And I think, you know what, in, uh, in an industry where we're striv- striving to, to sort of find really great ways of working with clients, I think what I love about Zoraida is the fact that, firstly, she has such a commitment to this way of working with clients so deeply, Uh, her touch model is is really high, but she still manages to find a way of outsourcing and supporting it by external parties. But most of all, what you're going to get from this is you're going to hear, you're gonna hear really what won won the award, which is this incredible ability to identify the before and the after and the results that she's achieved specifically as a result of the advice that was provided and the actions that have both been taken by her and the clients to make sure uh, they get the result in a very, very tight frame of time, my mind. I hope you enjoy it. I enjoyed working with Zoraida. Uh, I think I was so pumped to be there that night when she won the award. So let's uh, hand it over. I hope you enjoy deep strategic planning with Zoraida Arifin. Uh, If you haven't met Zoraida, uh, today we're going to talk through her approach to advice, which uh, is called, she calls deep strategy or deep strategic planning. Uh, And it really is an exceptional way of providing advice. It's very much on the scale of, I think, where advice is headed. And I think uh, not only that, you're going to learn a lot about what sits in behind her, as well as uh, the team that support her as well. If you don't know anything about Zoraida, which is entirely possible, she, for someone who is so good at what she does, she does tend to be low-key. As a lot of people who are very, very, very good at what they do tend to be quite, I guess, humble at times. Uh, as you can see, she has been, uh, you know, quietly awarded by a number of different people. I think that's one of the things you're going to get out of today is some of the case studies that we're going to share. And that was one of the reasons why she was so able to win the award because her case study game was just absolutely tight. Uh, when these are IFA Excellence Awards, when they tend to ask for, you know, submissions, they're looking for case studies. And having been a judge, I know that often the what comes through is is not all that much in terms of the hard and fast. It tends to be quite, you know, fluffy. But Zoraida's is quite the opposite. Uh, I was lucky enough to be there uh, to see Zoraida win it. The first award she won was the Innovator, and uh, I wish we had a photo of her actually receiving it because the cheer in the room that went up was huge. Uh, but the second time, when at the end of it, what happens is they, they put all 16 people on screen. Everybody who's won an award from the dealer group of the year, sorry, the planner of the year to the investment manager, all, all of them, all 16, the cream of the crop. And they just called out the names, da-da-da-da-da. And then next thing you know, Zoraida would have won it. And again, if you couldn't have seen a bigger cheer on the night, not to mention a phenomenal fresh shot afterwards. Give you a bit of information about Zoraida's business, Zeta A Wealth Creation. Uh, she works, uh, she's based out in Canberra. Beautiful part of the world down there, uh, right down there in the, uh, I guess we call it the waterfront. But her approach to advice is backed by a history, a scientific background, which we're going to talk about today. But to be honest, the kind of work she does with uh, people and the way she goes about it is 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 amazing, and the whole business is is built around it. And uh, to see her achieving the recognition, uh, yet more recognition, and success is a really good thing. So, without further ado. Adieu, adieu. I don't know how you say it, but adieu sounds better to me. Let's bring up Zoraida herself. Hello.
1: Thank you. Looking Thank you.
0: sharp, may I say? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. I've uh, I've been looking forward to this ever since uh, we were all left in your dust at the uh, IFA Awards. Just
1: yes, yes. I'm looking forward to this session. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. How have you been? What have been? What have you you've been up? To, you've been travelling a bit for the last few weeks, haven't you?
1: That's right. I've been to Jordan to experience this, that beautiful country, beautiful people, lovely food, (laughs) fantastic history.
0: And what, I I have no idea what kind of food you get in Jordan. I, I'm, I'm, you know, is it, is it a lot of goats or is that probably a bit too stereotypical?
1: (laughs) Well, similar to Lebanese food that we get in Australia, very much like that.
0: And what took you over there? You got friends who are from Jordan or what's the deal?
1: Well, what happened was friends of ours got married in Sydney and the bride is Jordanian. So we decided to celebrate their wedding over there in Jordan as well.
0: Love it. And uh, how, long do, how long does your Jordanian weddings last for?
1: <laughs> well, in their case, they're still celebrating. They've got to, <laughs> to have another ceremony.
0: <laughs> I've heard that they just go and they go and there's food. Yes. And- yeah, well, there's no drink, though, right? It's just food and dancing and...
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> perfect. Hey, thank you so much for, for joining me today. Obviously, um, you know, the, the, the story at the end of it is, is the, the awards ceremony, Innovator of the Year, which I think is a phenomenal, uh, you know, category to be given for, but then the overall Individual Excellence Award. But I wanted to take it right back, and I'd love to understand, you know, how you got started, how you got into planning, the, 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 the route you've gone down, Uh, Talk about whether deep strategic planning was there from the start. Talk about what it is. Uh, I'd love you to walk me through some case studies and then, uh, you know, talk about the the award ceremony itself. But let's kick it off. For those who don't know you, haven't met you, who are you? What do you do? Who do you help? Give us a bit of information around that.
1: Okay. Well, I, a long time ago, I have a master's, a master of science degree in molecular biology (laughs) and I was working as a plant molecular biologist at yep. the CSIRO in Canberra. Yep. Uh, well, while I was successful in the science area, I wanted to have a more immediate impact on people's lives because yep. as you know, with science, you know, we're studying molecules. And so it's not going to make a big impact in anybody's life in the next five or 10 or 20 years. Yes so I decided that I would use my mathematical and technical skills and d- decided to transition into financial planning so wow. I, I did my diploma of financial planning at Deakin University, which took me four years part-time, which was really tough and um, and then after working with several organizations for a few years, then I decided to, to start my own operations.
0: Have you, have you met a lot of planners who've transitioned from molecular biology to... <laughs> advice?
1: Well, not yet.
0: <laughs> so the obvious question I wanna ask, and this might, be, this might be a dumb question, so it is just, you know, is there any, is there any synergies between molecular biology and financial advice?
1: Well, in molecular biology, you do not, you can't see what it is that you're studying. You know, it's not like it, you are studying an animal or a yeah. human being. It's all at the molecular level. So the only way you can study the processes, for instance, is to use markers. That means you need to know a way of detecting that something's happening. Okay. Okay. So I guess in the same way with financial planning, just looking at a person, you don't know where they're at. Yeah. Yeah until you sit down with them and ask some deep questions that help them to come out with what it is that they're looking for.
0: Okay. And do you have sort of common questions that you use to probe or do you kind of play it by ear?
1: Well, when when a person comes to see me, I've already obtained some general information about them. Yep we use a fact find or rather something called issues and concerns questionnaire. So they've given us their basic information, for example, income expenses, what their assets and liabilities are. Yep. So when they come in, I do not ask them, what are you doing or what are you looking to do? I know what it is that they are looking for overall. So the first thing I ask them is I use the Bill Bacharach approach, which is to ask them, what's important about money to you? And most people are really surprised when you ask that because they just go, oh, mm, uh, I think I just want to be happy or I just want to be comfortable Mm. or not have to worry about how I'm going to live in retirement. Yeah. So it's always that sort of like very general wants or desires. I haven't had one person who said to me, I want a Maserati or, <laughs> you know, uh, a palace or <laughs> nothing like that.
0: Or oh, I'd love, I mean, do you get the conversation like, I, I need investment returns of 20% year on year? Or is it, that's, it just doesn't go that way.
1: Well, it doesn't go that way, but people will say, oh, I would like to buy five properties by the time I retire, for instance.
0: Okay. Give me a bit of understanding. Who, like, Are there any particular types of clients that you tend to work with? I think uh, John made the question, you know, what's your ideal client? Who are the people who tend to value what you do?
1: I I don't have a specific type of client. The main thing is they've got to see the value of advice and okay. to understand the difference it's going to make between them just going along as they are okay. versus having a financial strategy that maximizes the use of all their resources and seeing the impact in 10, 20, 30, 40 years time.
0: So it's more of a mindset that people have this attitude that they, they want to do something with it. That's good. That's right.
1: and. Um, I have found that sometimes people come with a certain idea. Yep. So, okay, sometimes it's, e- it's easy to help them change what they were expecting because those are the people who are willing to say, I'm open to new ideas. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's go along with your process and, and see um, how we can improve our financial position.
0: Let's, if you don't mind me, let's go back to the beginning i mean uh you've just you've decided molecular biology isn't going to be the future <laughs> you got you you got qualified D- did you go straight into working uh did you create was it straight z a wealth creation or was there a path before that
1: I've worked with several financial planning organizations okay and um the thing is it was the old way you know it's um there was no modeling uh we were simply recommending insurances or investments. There was no tool to show someone that if they use a combination of strategies, for instance, what a difference it's going to make in their lives in, yeah. in you know, a long period of time, of course.
0: Okay. Um,
1: so because we didn't have that, you need to be able to show someone the, what it is that they're going to get. Yeah, because people like to say, what do I come away with? Yeah. Well, if there is no other tool, then you'll end up having a statement of advice and the clients are going to have a simple savings plan or an investment or super or insurances. I
0: remember when we were at the, not the last Accelerator, but the Accelerator before when Naomi Christopher came and spoke. And she said this thing about uh, financial advice is, is one of the stranger sort of trade-offs because you're essentially asking people to give you money in order to essentially, you know, crudely make them more money. It's the only service that does that. And to your point, if you, if you can't demonstrate, you know, how that's going to work with some analysis, then it, 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 particularly now where people are so much more attuned to that, it, it can make it more difficult, right?
1: Yes, that's right. So this is where I'm very fortunate because I've chosen to be licensed with Matrix Planning Solutions And we have a strategic planning software, which is called Prospera. Yep. And the beauty of Prospera is that you can model someone's financial plan. Right. And you incorporate what their income is, how it's going to change between now and the time they retire. If they're planning to have children, we can incorporate that as part of their uh, lifestyle, if you like. And... You know that's that's sort of expenses they're going to have going into the future.
0: Sounds like um, that time when you, you you sort of finished working for other people and you when you became kind of matrix, and you discovered Prospera. Was it was this pre ZA or post the establishment of your business?
1: This was post the establishment of my business.
0: Okay, so what I'd love to know is. Were you looking, because we'll talk about deep strategic planning, but were you looking for a solution to that before the business started or did it come later? Um,
1: I was aware that there, because I've seen, I had seen a financial planning software that did long-term modeling and incorporating incomes, expenses, you know, how much the client is putting into super, all that. Yep. I And I was sort of like, That was when I left uh, a particular financial planning organization and I never found the software again. But when I was looking at a new licensee, I met with Matrix Planning (laughs) Solution on the 2nd of January one year. (laughs) And I had a couple of people that was Atit and uh, Matthew who showed me the, the software and how it worked you know, how it works, and they showed Prospera. Yeah. And I thought, this is it. This is exactly the tool that I want to run my business with.
0: Wow. It's kind of like uh, that Steve Jobs moment when he was given that tour of Xerox, and they showed him the, what they called a graphical interface device, which was the mouse. And instantly, he, they had no idea what it was. That's right. And instantly, he looked at it and went, that's, that's what we want. That's it. Can, that's right. You can show two people the same thing, and some people will go, yep, I'm going to build my business and some people won't. So let's, dump, let's dive into uh, actual deep strategic planning. Mm-hmm. Obviously, ZA Wealth Creation started, you, you had a sense that you wanted to do it a certain way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until you found the software that you were able to sort of, uh, by the sounds of it, just completely turbocharge it. For those who don't know, what do, what, how would you define deep strategic planning?
1: Okay, well, with deep strategic planning, the first part, the foundation of it is understanding what the client is looking for. And okay. that is, you know, like, for example, they'll say, oh, I would like to be financially secure. So the first step needs to be, uh, you know, to convert that I want to be secure yep. into Real numbers, what we can play with, right? So okay. then we'll identify. For example, they'll say, you know, when I retire in thirty years' time, I would like to have one hundred and twenty thousand dollars per year net of tax. Sorry. Okay.
0: Right? And when you have that conversation, let's say a client says, I, "I'd like, uh, I'd like to be financially secure. I want to be independently wealthy." And you go, "Well, great. Let's put a number around that." How much of that discussion is them having the number, and how much is of you? Introducing the number because you you know it and you've seen this stuff before.
1: Well, this is the initial part. We need to sort of agree on a number, and okay. only to help us make a make a start. Mm-hmm. And generally, if someone comes up with something like a very low number, I will persuade them <laughs> to increase it. Gotcha. Um, because you know they'll they'll tell me if they want to travel every year then I have a rough idea of what they would need. And also, it's very difficult for them to imagine what this number is going to be because in 30 or 40 years' time, this number is going to grow to some ridiculous multiple. And so if I were to to try to convert that into what it's going to be in the future, it's going going to be too difficult at that time. So we have to start somewhere. Okay. And, uh, you know, of course, we, we can adjust later on.
0: So you've got clarity over what, they, what they're looking for. There's a qualitative aspect or a quantitative aspect. You've finally put some numbers around it. So suddenly you've got the, the scientific aspect. What happens then?
1: Okay, so then I will identify not just this long-term goal. They might have other goals. For example, they might come up with, oh, our children are going to be, at, you know, in high school and we need to fund private school education yep. or between this year and that year we would like to buy a bigger home for for instance or in five years time we'll have to buy a new car for example. Yep. So I would put that down as part of their goals going forward. Okay. And okay. I try to not just say, you know, when would you like to achieve that, we, we try to put a date for example, you know, the 1st of January, 19, sorry, 2050 or
0: something. First of January, 9 a.m. in the morning.
1: 9, yeah, 9 a.m. Love it. And, and try to make it an emotional thing for them as well by saying, when you, you know, imagine it's that date, you wake up in the morning and you now have, without lifting a finger, you know you'll have X dollars per year, and you can travel, you can do all these things. Love how it. would you feel? You know, and, and people who are really, really engaged will, will be, whoa, it's will it's gonna be amazing, or you know, I I I, I will be so contented, you know. So I, I just try to engage their emotions as well.
0: Gotcha. Just to dig deeper on that, because I know John has some great questions about the engagement process, how long does it take for you to actually get under the skin of not just what they want, but why they want it and the numbers. And uh, what are some techniques you use to break past either the, the barriers people have up or the fact that, you know, you'd probably know that most people don't usually think that deeply, right?
1: No, they don't. Well, I I usually spend one and a half hours or a maximum of two hours, you know, to pull out the goals from there.
0: Do you ever have people who resist or do most people oh. open like a flower when you start? No,
1: no, they just... They just go for it. It's amazing. <laughs> Sometimes I have to think, Oh, okay. Okay. They're going overboard here.
0: <laughs> have you ever had anybody have a, a very sort of strong emotional reaction to the conversation?
1: Um, yes. I've had people cry.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, you know, hitting, you know, you're definitely sort of uh, engaging with people on a very genuine level when that happens.
1: That's right. Because they've realized, you know, this has happened and they, they're crying because they feel you know if they can achieve something that would be such a an amazing thing for them
0: and what happens sort of now that you've got it all out there's obviously it must be a process of actually putting together the advice. Give us an idea of what comes next and what are the vehicles you use to to sort of help them achieve the, the results mm-hmm.
1: okay so let's say I have uh, you know a couple who said we want to achieve X per year, we want to travel you know and spend x dollars every year and so on, yeah. I would go away and model those, those you know, the achievement of those goals Yeah. with their current situation. In other words, that's the baseline scenario. Yeah. And usually people run out of money, uh, you know, when they are, uh, when they've retired for a few years because yeah. we can actually model that. We can show them that they've run out of money. So yeah. what we would do then is that's one scenario i would create another one where i'll i'll incorporate say one strategy in it and then let's say that's scenario number 1 and number 2 and i'll then create a strat- uh, scenario number 3 which incorporates strategy number 2 plus another strategy for instance and then i'll also add another one which shows what if we put insurances, for example, because now I'm recommending something which is a cost to them, but I need to incorporate that. Now, with all the scenarios that we recommend, I would put my fees in, in, in those scenarios. Cool. So, so, for example.
0: One of them and they say, well, how much does it cost to you? We go, it's cost this much, but yes. everything you've seen so far, I've modeled my cost just as I would your yes. spending costs, right?
1: that's, a that's really, like yeah. upfront and ongoing and that's all inflated you know it's it's indexed to inflation as well got it perfect so mm-hmm. they can see the numbers year by year and i will then have a discussion with them to show them how they would benefit from the advice you know as as an example for example um uh for a client that that um i i've engaged the difference was two million dollars
0: between what they wanted and where they were headed
1: yeah between where they were headed and what you know what they would achieve with the advice
0: so just i want to stop at that point because this is at work what a lot of people have been talking about for a while which is that ability to sit down with clients scope everything out and then come back to them and go okay the problem you've got is a two million dollar problem over 20 years and suddenly the anchor is, oh, there's a $2 million benefit. And when you, when you talk about your fees of being, I mean, the general rule of thumb is if, if you're adding 20 times value to a client, that's phenomenal. 10 times is, is the benchmark. So in theory, you, you know, it's the whole Arthur Anderson when they used to exist, the accountant who walks into the CEO and goes, I'm going to save you $3.5 million worth of tax this year. What's that worth to you? And mm-hmm. the, uh, the CEO goes, I'd pay a million bucks for that. And the, and the yeah, great, I'm only going to charge you $200,000. So it makes it a very different fee conversation, right?
1: That's right. And, and when I've shown them that, usually people, my class would just say, well, let's go ahead.
0: Yeah, where do I I'm sign? be
1: better off by $2 million.
0: Okay. So, and to go really granular, when you're presenting this to them, are you using uh, PowerPoint, spreadsheets? Are you modeling it on the board? Mm-hmm. Is it Prospera? What's the actual delivery mechanism?
1: We have a meeting and... Yes, in future, I'd love to use technology and present it in a more, you know, more (laughs) savvy, technically savvy way. At the moment, I do that on hard copy on a hard copy report. And Mm -hmm. part of the reason is because I like to make notes of where the clients are getting queries or where they feel this is a, a, a query for them. But you know, of course in, in the future I'd like to do it on a on the screen and present it that way. Absolutely. Um but I guess it's with clients, they just when they see so many numbers, when they see, you know, like twenty years of data, it's 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 a bit too much for them. Mm. So I I also summarize that information onto reports that break it down to five years. Ten years, fifteen right. years, instead of every year. Yeah.
0: And you don't have to share if you don't want to. But what's what if if you don't mind sharing? What's the range of your fees that you tend to charge for for a new client coming over?
1: I've put it in my financial services guide that the range can be six thousand to yep. twenty thousand. Okay. Dollars. And the reason why I've done that is I would like to make sure that if the plan gets really big, then I'll be able to charge the higher fee,
0: and the midpoint, the average tends to be around
1: yeah, around say uh, fifteen thousand. Okay, around there.
0: And just just want to re- re- just reflect on this: these clients come in, and you show them the benefit, and then you put the fee on the table, and it's not a it's not an issue because they can see what's going to happen.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Phenomenal. Uh, okay. So we talked a bit about, that's kind of your engagement process. And hopefully, John, that's giving you a bit of insight into how she digs deeper. It's about, you know, really not just taking the, you know, oh, so you want to consolidate your investments. It's like, no, 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 no. What do you actually want to do? What's, what's the emotional outcome? That's Pulling it out, breaking it down the steps, coming, modeling some baseline, using Prospera and coming back and showing them the, the difference between where they're headed and where they want to go and linking them with the strategies. That's right. Let's talk, if you don't mind, about the difference between what you do year after year after year with deep strategic planning versus you know what what traditional planning is all about. So tell me about the ongoing piece.
1: So after we've done the modeling and the client says, I'd like to go ahead with that strategy, you know, the one of the scenarios which incorporates say strategy A, B, C, D.
0: Yep.
1: So we then implement that. And um, once it's implemented, we can then start producing tracking reports. Okay. So, for example, if the client had a certain amount of mortgage and they want to get rid of it in, say, half the time, we can then say every month. If you had been going with your previous mortgage, that's your balance for that loan. But using this strategy is going to be less than that, and is yeah. the number. So that's your target for that month.
0: Fantastic, and you deliver these reports by email or is there a discussion?
1: Yeah, yeah we deliver those by email. Okay. And- um, Monthly? We, yes, monthly, and we get together every six months.
0: What does that six monthly look like? Is it just a, here's your report, any questions, or is there a bit of a hard, you know, you're not doing this very well. <laughs> Tell me a bit about the conversations.
1: Um, well, I, I try not to be like a school teacher person, you know, I'll just say, well, if you are not reaching your target, then, then you won't get there basically yeah. <laughs> uh, because you know, you'll be falling off in terms of direction. So no arguments because I've got a report, right. And it's, And and it's linked to the original plan, so it's not a surprise for them.
0: It's it's funny. I had a conversation with uh, uh, a plan. I won't I won't mention his name, but who was having having to have a conversation with a retiree about they were drawing. They're spending too much money, and yet they're still like, no, I want my capital there at the end (laughs) of it. And I sort of said to him, you know what? You've you've got to step aside, and you've this is this is just factual. That's right. I know you want the capital. So let me talk about what I see going on. You're spending too much money, which means the impact of this. So it's your choice. I I don't mind how you spend your money. (laughs) You have to understand if you spend your money this much, I can't get you that result. So that's right. Yeah. But um, uh,
1: that's right. I I believe in just sticking with the facts. I don't get, you know, emotional about any of the (laughs) data. (laughs) And I just, hold them you know hold their hands and and that's how i do it you know i don't let them go
0: the velvet sledgehammer <laughs> um it's funny i remember we were having a conversation about a senior army official which i'm not going to ask you to tell the story but sort of um you definitely gave him a serve he, he came <laughs> up and you went no 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 that's not what's happening and just and he pretty much went oh yeah okay fair enough
1: <laughs> yeah fair i sort. believe in in being uh you know because i think i'm clear with the results that yeah. they want so i i do not need to get flustered about how they are
0: it's not close.
1: I, I, i'll just say look i'll hold your hand we you know if it's not good now let's turn it around over time
0: should we talk about some case studies
1: uh huh sure
0: you know that's a hell of a Hell of a, uh, a, a case study. You know, a young family who successfully grew their net wealth by 25 times from 23500 to $600,000 over a period of 10 years, paid off their mortgage 11 years sooner and saved $48,000 in interest. Boom. Uh, that's, but that's not even the, was that, that wasn't even one of your submissions, was it?
1: No, that was when I, when I did a Value of Advice Award um, in 2007.
0: Okay. So would you be willing to walk us through some, maybe one or two or maybe even three of the case studies? Yes. Uh, and mm-hmm. I guess yeah, you know that I tend to do them for four, during and after. What were the clients like when they, they, they sort of came to you? What did yeah. you do with them? And then what was the situation after? You, you can change the names to protect the innocent.
1: Yes, that's right. A lot of
0: people <laughs> will know the power of actually uh, doing it this way using the approach and Prospera. So far away.
1: Yes. So the, the first case study, um, actually, this was my dentist. Anyway, we call her Brenda for for this purpose. Okay. She in two thousand and nine, when I had a an appointment with her, you know, and I was sitting in the chair, and uh, she said, "Oh, she calls me Zufi." Says, "Can I can I talk to you?" I said, "Of course." She said, "Um, you know, my financial planner is not really helping me with my planning." Yep. Uh, do you you know can you can you help me with it? I said, "Yes, of course." We were-
0: you went, ah, ah, higher, higher, higher. Okay.
1: Get that thing out first. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Far away. Okay. So,
1: so Brenda only had $129,000 in super at that time. And she's, you know, she's a professional. She was getting very, very frustrated. Yep. And she said that she'd like to retire at the age of 55 on $120,000 per year. And that was nine years ago. So just last month, she's retired. Okay. So that, that's the outcome. after that's
0: nine, nine years ago.
1: Yes. And, sh- and she'll have a million dollars in super. Wow. Okay. And, and her husband also has, um, you know, a similar amount. Okay. So that's, that's quite a big effort, right? For nine years. So,
0: sorry, I don't, I don't mean to apply her age, but did, that was before 55, right?
1: Um, 58, I, I think, okay, yeah, cool.
0: 58, yes. Yeah. Boom, so talk, talk about what you did for her.
1: Okay, well, in her case, and this is what I love the most about doing strategic financial planning. I love um, taking advantage of the client situation totally. In other words, when I do planning, I leave no stone unturned. Okay, so that's what deep strategic planning is. In her case, she had um, a a surgery, you know, her business premises. Yeah. And at that time, you know, there were new rules that came in for superannuation where you can borrow money and and have business real property in your self-managed super fund. Yep. So I created a strategy, and I said you can do it this way, you can do it this way, and this way. And she said, I'll go with the one where I transfer the business real property into a self-managed super fund. Yep. Well, that strategy I've never done it before. So luckily, I you know this is what I do. I love talking to people who can actually help me with this. You know, the people who are technically qualified. So I set up a self-managed super fund. And it was very challenging to do this because I, you know, this was the only time I did this strategy. But I, you know, to me, if that's what, if that's going to make things happen, that's what I will do. Love it. It was very complex. And um, we put the property in there. So she was, you know, her business was paying the rent into the self managed super fund. And at the same time, we used the equity they hold to invest as well. Um, Of course, you know, they had insurances to back them up. Um, And so over time with the portfolio, you know, they had also a joint portfolio and she was maximizing her super contributions as well into the self-managed super fund. And so that's where we got to when she said, I'm ready to retire. I then, you know, put everything together and, and I've actually done a new plan for them because the accountant says, we, we want to do it this way and that way. And I did a spreadsheet and I showed them that. <laughs> when I showed them the, my idea, my yeah. husband, John said, <laughs> I, won't, I can't say, you know, what he said, but he just went
0: brilliant you know <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more exuberance that's phenomenal yeah
1: it was more exuberant than that
0: obviously and, there's a real, there, there's a big downside to this though zaradi you had to find a new dentist
1: <laughs> yes that's right well she sold her business now as well oh so, yeah so i'm seeing
0: new that's people. that's great is there is there another case study that that you yeah. think is relevant that we could sort of yes. chat about if this is yeah. useful let me know if this is useful if to you, useful. by the way type pipe it in the box and let me know that uh this is good Far away.
1: Okay, the next example is um, a, a young couple. They came to see me and they had no idea what they wanted to achieve, which was quite unusual. They, had, they have uh, two young children. At that time, their mortgage was going to take 30 years to pay off, and that will mean when they were going to be 65. Yeah. So I did a mortgage reduction strategy or... The other term for it is mortgage recycling strategy yeah. where we direct all their cash flow into the, the debt using a line of credit. We use the equity in the home to invest. Um, you know, I provide them with the safety net of insurances. We did all that. And initially when I said, would you be happy if we can halve the term of your mortgage? They just said, "Oh, that'd be good," and yeah, we and run. they actually paid it off in six years. Yeah, so it's just incredible. Wow,
0: they paid off their mortgage in six years.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So it, they, have to, they have to make a lot of sacrifices.
1: Not really. Um, For example, the you know my dentist. This is what she said in her testimonial. She said, "I you know we we created a tailored plan and rearranged their finances and." with relatively little pain and a shift in headspace right that that's what that's what they were experiencing it's not like they have to become a different type of person in order to create wealth
0: love it shift in
1: headspace shift in headspace yeah it's great
0: <laughs> love that you know, obviously, there's some strategic stuff in there. There's drilling down. There's some reporting uh, uh, in there as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think is one of the most important things about the way that you work with people ongoing during that ongoing engagement that you think drives them to stick with your strategy, mm-hmm. to, to make the changes, to take ownership and ultimately get the result? What do you think is the number one thing that you think makes, a, makes the biggest difference?
1: I think, you know, I'm very aware that people do not like uh, delayed gratification yeah it 's easy for people to get distracted and saying, "Oh I, you know this is you know, I, I know i 'm investing so much per month, but i you know i can 't see the results yet, so I think this is where by having the strategy plotted out for them over a long period of time and breaking it down to the numbers in real time yeah. that 's what helps them to feel they are on the right track
0: that's that's really important it's kind of like um there's a guy called peter peter Tween, i think who was a software engineer he was uh, uh tim Ferriss did an interview with him and he told this story about how he wanted to lose weight and mm. all he did was right in 12 months or three i think it was three years 12 months i want to lose this much weight and he plotted on a spreadsheet his yes. weight and where he wanted to be and that's all right. he was measure it he, yeah he didn't change anything, but the interesting thing is he did because he was tracking it, because he needed <laughs> the measurement.
1: That's he right.
0: He lost the weight in nine months. And it's interesting. That's what I think a lot of advisors need to understand. You don't have to be the oracle. You, don't have, you just have to provide a benchmark. It doesn't have to be a perfect benchmark. It just has to be That's a right. benchmark that people can follow.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: even if you pick three or four things which are not entirely objective, well, you, you want to have some objective ones, but a couple of subjective ones. Um, and then that can really, really help. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And also I, my goal is always, you know, when when my clients come to see me for their reviews, they just sort of like, okay, you know, but, but when they leave, they're really happy. Yeah. You know, there's a, a a change in their demeanor and, and we always hug and kiss, you know, uh, because we, I, I, I don't treat my clients as like they're just my clients. I treat them like my <laughs> friends. And in fact, whenever we have events together, you know, with a client event, people will say, oh, this is just like family.
0: So, you know, this is the thing I realized. I mean, you and know, I have known each other for a long time. We met way back when I came down to Canberra to do the FBI thing during Another Life. And we, we met and we've been talking for years. But you're, you're not a planner first, you're the writer first. That's right. A planner just happens to be what you do. Everybody who knows you, knows you as a writer. And that's, that's really the thing that comes forward. You're not getting, you're not getting advice from a financial planner. You're getting advice from, from you.
1: That's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. No. A, no, no, I love that. Uh,
0: and, a, and a dancer and drummer. and
1: Yeah, I love the other stuff too. But yeah. to me, uh, that's, that's my goal. It, it gives me a lot of satisfaction to know that I'm making a big difference in people's lives. You know, sometimes I go, wow, this is amazing. My client is, you know, a multi, multi multi-millionaire and I'm advising him or her.
0: (laughs) Let's chat a bit about the resourcing because a couple of questions came up. John wants to know about how you set yourself up to do it. Uh, I think that was another, obviously, you know, Prospera is a big part of that because Mm -hmm. that would be a labor intensive. Talk to me a little bit about how you've resourced it up, how you've taken a fairly labor intensive process and the team that sits behind you what makes it make gives you the platform to do it?
1: Well, firstly, with Prospera, I used to do the data entry and the modeling myself. Yeah. But what I do now is I would um, design the strategy and work out how I'm going to create this uh, multi pronged approach yep. to, to someone's financial plan. And I would do it on a spreadsheet. So I know what it looks like and how I'm going to compare one scenario against another. Yeah. Then I get the team at Prospera to do the modeling for me. Yeah. Um, simply because what takes them a few hours takes me two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how long
0: have you, how long, when did you start doing that?
1: For doing the modeling or yeah,
0: outsourcing the modeling.
1: Oh, I've, I've been doing that for a couple of years now.
0: Okay. And like I said, the interesting, a lot of people just continue doing what they've always doing. When uh, I can remember having this conversation with someone about setting up cash flow management. And we were talking about it. I think it might have been Craig. And he, I said, he said, I don't want to do it anymore. I said, well, who's, which platform are you using? He said, I'm using, uh, I think it was um, MoneySoft. So why don't you give them a call and see if they can do it for you. That's right. <laughs> and next thing you know, like, yeah, we can do that for you. Yeah. Often people just don't ask. They don't, they, they, that's they, right. they go and search rather than go, we'll go for the most obvious find up Prospera. Can you guys do this for me? Yes, we can.
1: Yes. Then, that's then, right.
0: It's a pricing exercise, right?
1: Yeah. Because initially they didn't have that service and I said, can you do it for me? And so they offered that service after that. Right. So they can see advisors do not have the time. To plug in numbers and play with different uh, variables.
0: Sometimes, when you know how to do something, you need to then move on to just asking, right? Now I know how to do it. Who can do it for me? Right.
1: That's right. But I, um, I think for me, it was good that I did do it myself.
0: Yeah, to begin with.
1: Yeah, yeah, because then I understood how how it how the numbers work. And if a client asks me some, you know, really complicated question, I know how to deal with it. Yeah. So it, it does it does have that, you know, it does build up your confidence to know how the software works.
0: I think that's a really good point to make. You know, do do it yourself first, mm-hmm. but then then get then outsource.
1: That's right. Yes.
0: Chief actually, uh, who was one of the speakers at our uh, accelerator, he made that point. He says um, the greatest business people are the people who they know, they work out how to do something. They can mm-hmm. always step back into it. But as soon as yeah. they know it and they've worked out the process, they look for other people to do it for. That's you. So right. Yes. They can roll up the sleeves and get involved, but it's something that there's, it's not their default mode. Mm-hmm.
1: And also for me, I, I feel better when I know how something works.
0: Yeah. Me too.
1: Yeah. Unless
0: it's molecular biology, I can live without knowing how molecular biology works. I'll leave okay. that to you. Uh, one more question, and then I'm going to ask you a little bit about actually a couple more questions. Uh, Rob has a quick question. Your advice, the writer, newly established business, uh, growing, bringing clients on board. What's the? What do you think are the maybe the one top one, maybe two things that you would recommend Rob does to engage deeper with clients and, and deliver a better overall experience?
1: Okay, well, is Rob open to using Prospera?
0: <laughs> Why well, are you open to using Prospera? I think he might be might be uh, if he's there he'll probably type in the thing but you would recommend jumping onto Prospera and using something like that
1: that's right um, yes. because the, there is the team David Dye of Prospera he you know he he's the person that that you can speak to David, um, but yeah. I'm happy to you know to and this. And we, we talked about this if there are enough people who'd like to know more about the approach the you know the financial planners approach Yeah before jumping into the software, then I would be happy to do a workshop so um, at some stage. Just
0: to recap, um, since the awards, Zoraida has been getting a lot of queries from people within her group about the approach and how to do it. And having spent so long doing it, she is um, toying around with running a, like a half day or one day workshop, which will bring everybody in. She'll run you through the approach, share some of the tools. If anybody's uh, basically, if she gets enough people in, it'll be a, a paid event. Uh, I think the, the, the fee will depend on the number of people there, but it's gonna be I think it's particularly reasonable given the value of what you're gonna provide. If people are interested and they wanna put up their hands for it, what's the best way of do they email info or
1: yes, the our general email is info at ZA Wealth Creation. Beautiful. ZA dot com dot Yeah.
0: And that just views the subject. Mm-hmm. Workshop interested, and that will sort of get you. Yes, that's right. And
1: mm-hmm. Be good.
0: Motion. So, this has been great. I want to ask uh, if anyone's got any additional questions, pop them in. But I want to ask a question. Talk us through the double award. You know, putting together the, uh, if someone's out there wants to have a, you know, get to win an award, what would you recommend they do in their submission? And yeah. then talk us through what it was like to win.
1: Okay, fantastic. Uh, well, in June, this year we had this email that said you'd be nominated for an award, and I thought, oh, what what award is that? And uh, we found out that Stuart Bell had nominated me for okay. the IFA award, and I thought, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so we then contacted the organizers, Momentum Media, on what need what needed to be done, and they are highly professional. It, it's it's just amazing that they've got a process. They've got, you know, you need to put in, you need to answer these five questions. Yeah. And you must answer the questions. You know, it's not like you can beat around the bush and you've only got 300 words, then you, you are required to provide supporting data, which can be reports and I provided some tracking reports, um, testimonials from the clients, and, and, and their case studies, you know, yeah, the matching case studies. And, um, but what I did was, which I think helped my submission, was that I thoroughly, anal- you know, molecular biologist style, I thoroughly analyzed the questions.
0: <laughs>
1: I didn't just go, oh, I'll put this in now. I checked out what the words mean, you know, how can I, you know, what does, what can that word mean? And so when I responded, I, I wrote it as though the person does not know anything about financial planning. Right. And the judges um, are people from, from, you know, a whole lot of different areas. And, and I knew that. It could My submission could be read by someone who's not an expert, yeah, in, you know, in that category. So my category was "Innovator of the Year," and uh, you know I researched, what does innovator mean <laughs> to make sure that you, know, when I write, it, it answers the questions. And um, it was really fantastic when I submitted it on a Friday afternoon. Of course, as you know, we all submit things. You know, yeah. when it's at the final countdown, oh, I was so exhausted. Um, I got that in. And, and then the next thing was I was notified that I was one of the finalists. Mm. You know, it's, it's just amazing because I was glad I did the, I was so happy, Stuart, for, you know, when you nominated me for an award. But to be a finalist, I was sort of like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm a finalist. I was so excited. Then of course the next step was to go to the gala dinner.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, <laughs> as you know, what happened was the first category was Innovator of the Year, and they listed seven finalists. Yeah. And when they called out my name, it was just like, you know, you just don't believe that <laughs> what? I would have done that normally, but I was totally cool because I thought this it's is very funny. cool.
0: The, the speech was like, yeah, it was off the cuff, but it was, it was so calm and cool. Claw- <laughs> <like it. laughs>
1: so it was funny because Brooke from NetWealth actually gave me my trophy. And she's never done this before. And in the photographs, she and I were hugging each other. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so that was really good. Well, through the night, as you know, I don't drink much, you know, so I was, I was fine. I mean, some people might be drinking lots of champagne or wine after winning. Anyway, through the night, all the four different categories came through. I think there were 14 categories. And then finally, they listed all the winners. And by then, I was sort of like, not really paying attention. Then they mentioned my name. And I said to the guy next to me, I didn't apply for that. I didn't submit for that award. (laughs) And then it turned out that that was the overall winner. And wow, I couldn't believe it, you know. And, and it, I was thinking of the words of Nelson Mandela. He says that it always seems impossible until it's done. That's so true. And so I, I'm so yeah. I'm
0: so glad you applied because I think so many people don't. They get these things and they go, oh, "I'm not going to do it." Yeah. Um. And just having had the opportunity to work with you over these past yeah, few years and see what you were already doing and been able to sort of just distill that down, really pull it out, get some efficiency in the business. I'm so looking forward to the next 12 months when you're going to grab the IP, really solidify it and just, yeah, take it to the next level. So I think, I think it's such a great story, but the interesting thing is I, I am absolutely confident that this is the prologue to, uh, to, you know, the next stage. So congratulations on that. And look, what, is it, what do they say? It's, uh, most overnight successes take 10, 10 years?
1: That's right. <laughs> um,
0: uh, go from strength to strength, because underpinning what you do is this just solid, solid process, as, you've heard, as everyone heard today. And I think you know, when you speak to somebody who's got a business but underneath it is such a strong sense of what it is and what it isn't and what they do do, backed by the kind of results that you've got, you know, it's, it's just easy to, to sort of um, yeah, work with someone like you. Prospera has obviously been a big part of your success. The the approach of really digging deep, I think, is important not to, not to lose sight of that. The modeling is obviously such a big part of it, which enables you to get commitment as well as enable you to be, make, build a profitable business. But uh, I think that the one thing that I took from the case studies is a big part of it is bringing forward that big goal in the future. Yeah. And making it something step by step by step. It's all um, it's, it all seems so simple, but most people don't do it. So the fact that uh, it's all laid out there, I think it's, it's really good. So Ryder, you tell us a bit about this workshop. What, what's uh, what what's the plan or what's the the idea? And who who do you think should potentially consider coming to a workshop like that with you?
1: Well, I think um, I haven't got it sort of worked out fully yet, but I, I can imagine that there may be people who are looking like I was in the very beginning, you know, like, how can I create a plan, make it fee for service, very transparent, uh, professional, and, and you can help people who really want to improve their financial position. Yeah? And learn,
0: I guess how to have that conversation, how to charge the kind of fees, but more importantly, how to deliver the kind of value and, As well as the Prospera thing sounds like a really. big
1: That's right, and um, there's there's also someone like David Dai of Prospera. He he could also be part of it and show how it works. Um,
0: David D A I or
1: David yeah D Y E
0: D Y E. So he's from Prospera. He's he's awesome. What's up? What's the next? What's the plan up next for you? What's um? What's the next hurdle? Um, yeah. What, what, what do you think people should pay attention to? That's coming up from you. Well, I, I,
1: I've had, um, you know, matrix planning solutions approach me to say, look, there are other advisors who are interested in strategic financial planning as well. And I would love to help people who would like to do something, you know, different. It's, it's, it's a bit more work. But I think when you do something like this, you feel that you are really adding value. Yeah. So I think, you know, going forward for me, uh, I'd like to, of course, um, make my processes smoother, you know, using the human touch, but, but, you know, using technology because there's a time when you can't just be you know, human touch all, all the way. So, yes, I'd like to improve my processes. So, it's an ongoing thing. That's the sort of project we are working with you. Yes. Good, yes.
0: Perfect. This has been great. The writer, what's on? I like, thank you so much for sharing this. Um, what's on for the weekend? Which is uh, three days away. But
1: yes. Uh, well, before the weekend, Friday night, I'm performing with my group. My group is called Hit and Miss a group of girls <laughs> and we do African drumming and African dancing
0: and is there a place in Canberra they can come to, to yes. see you?
1: yes that's at Garima Place in the city and it's called uh, Reclaim the Night
0: oh it's like Reclaim the Streets but with the night.
1: Reclaim the Night yeah so I'm doing that yeah and then well,
0: I have very fond memories of the last time we went out in Canberra where we took I, I got a bit of a tour of all the, the secret bars the vault. <laughs> So I hope, I hope you have a great weekend and thanks again for this. Thank right. you. Um, and as I said, if anybody's interested in learning more about that, you can check out ZA or or email Zoraida If you want sort of an introduction to David, mm-hmm. or, you know, if you think you might be interested in learning a bit more about how to take everything she's learned and fast track sort of what she does uh, and probably, well, hopefully uh, generate some of the same results for the, for your business and also for, for clients. So, Right. Leave it there, Zoraida. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: But thank you for coming. It's been awesome. And uh, on behalf of myself and Zoraida, hope everyone has a great end of the week and I'll speak to you soon. See you later. Bye now. Bye. Hey there, guys and girls. I hope you enjoyed that episode of uh, The Finnovator with Zoraida. Uh, How amazing are those case studies to be able to kind of just pin down the scale of the change? And I think it's a real... Uh, a real credit to the writer that she's able to do it and I can kind of see that approach and the way she does it just getting easier and simpler and uh, with technology over these coming years uh, yeah that's it from me I just wanted to say once again thank you so much for listening to the Finnovator I hope you're enjoying it my aim is to keep it coming uh, to do that I would love uh, your help to sort of put the word out there uh, and of course if there's any topics you'd like to hear from or people you think I should talk to it's much easier to to the fuel people's uh, uh, listenership when uh, i know what people want other than that that's it from me i hope you've got a great week lined up i hope business is good i hope uh, hope you're happy healthy and and uh, looking forward to what's coming uh, but in the meantime have a great week and i'll see you, you soon i'll see you soon i'll see you soon ta ta